everyone. I am back teaching another little Bible study. I realized that the last time I posted a devotional like this was actually in July, which I apologize. It's been forever. I've been making an album in my spare time and it's almost done. But I started a series way back then called Inner Healing by the Holy Spirit. So today, this is part two. Now, since I posted Inner Healing by the Holy Spirit part one, I have since learned that the term inner healing is quite controversial in different Christian circles. There's this whole backlog I was not aware of, of like the term being used to purport some strange combination of new age teaching mixed with Christianity. So obviously, if you guys know me or if you've listened to any of my other teachings, I don't support that. I, when I use the term inner healing, am simply referring to the work that Jesus does within us to repair our hearts, our souls, our emotions, our minds, and how not all healing is physical. I believe that God does physical healing in this day and age, in this country, and around the world as well. But uh, I believe that a lot of the healing that we experience as Christians is what I would call inner healing. So I apologize for using a controversial term. I did not know it was a controversial term. I simply just see and observe God healing us in our metaphysical hearts on such a regular basis. So I want to talk about some of that. So this week I've been busy and some of my mornings were disrupted where I didn't do my normal hangout time with God. And I found myself longing for that time and missing that time of connection with God and of like worship in the mornings. And so today I finally got to do that again. And lo and behold, the Psalm I was slated to read was Psalm 84, which talks about that longing and that desire to be with God. So I'm going to read part of Psalm 84 first, then talk a little bit about why it relates to inner healing. Then I'm going to read a little bit from Hebrews 8, and then we'll call it a day. Okay, so Psalm 84, some excerpts. I faint with longing to enter the courts of the Lord. With my whole being, body and soul, I will shout joyfully to the living God. What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. When they walk through the valley of weeping, it will become a place of refreshing springs. The autumn rains will clothe it with blessings. They will continue to grow stronger and each of them will appear before God in Jerusalem. And then later he writes, a single day in your courts is better than a thousand days anywhere else. I'd rather be a gatekeeper in the house of my God than live the good life in the homes of the wicked. Yeah. For the Lord God is our sun and our shield. He gives us grace and glory. The Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. And I'm sure this this psalm might be familiar to some of you guys, but I know you've probably had the same experience as me where you read something for the bazillionth time and it'll hit different. So today I found a lot of inner healing examples in this verse. It says, with my whole being, my body and soul, I will shout joyfully to the living God. To me, that's a picture of somebody who's really gotten a hold of what it means to be holistically and like integrated in their faith where their entire being is worshiping God. It's not just a mental ascent anymore. It's a whole experience that involves the whole person. And then later he says, 
When they walk through the valley of weeping, it will become a place of refreshing springs. I can't tell you how many times in my inner healing journey, I've come before the Lord with my weeping and my sorrow, and He's used those tears to create refreshing springs. They'll continue to grow stronger. The autumn rains will clothe the place of refreshing with blessings. So it's almost like He uses my tears to create this blessed place. I think that's about inner healing too. And I think whenever we come into the presence of God, which of course this Psalm is talking about going to the temple in Jerusalem and celebrating the way they used to do it, which was a physical place that they had to go to do worship in the form of external rituals. That was the old covenant that he's celebrating that we get so much blessing out of it. And that when your heart is really aligned with God you long to worship him. And that's kind of how we were made. Our original design is that we would be drawn to awe and wonder and to fall at the feet of our creator God. That's our natural state of wholeness. Anything other than that is the brokenness that needs healing. That's the inner healing I'm talking about. It's a restoration into unbroken relationship and fellowship with our God through Christ, right? Inner healing is returning to the state of constant worship. So let me give you another example of what I mean by that. So this is Hebrews 8. Now, if you've read Hebrews, it's this big, long conversation about how the old covenant where they would do these rituals and have these high priests and have all these external behaviors that were examples of and and teaching them towards a life of worship— now is replaced with the new covenant, which has arrived in Christ, our high priest forever, and the one who restores us to perfect relationship with the Father. So now we have no need to do the external rituals in a specific location. We are the temple. And the rituals, the acts of worship are to be continually burning in our hearts. So here's what Hebrews 8 says. In essence, we have just such a high priest, authoritative right alongside God, conducting worship in the one true sanctuary built by God, referring to heaven. The assigned task of a high priest is to offer both gifts and sacrifices. It's no different with the priesthood of Jesus. And he says, earthly priests provide only a hint of what goes on in the true sanctuary of heaven. Jesus's priestly work far surpasses what the other priests do, since he's working from a far better plan. Then he quotes Jeremiah 31 to prove that it's been fulfilled. It says, heads up, the days are coming when I'll set up a new plan for dealing with Israel and Judah. I'll throw out the old plan. This new plan isn't going to be written on paper or chiseled in stone. This time I'm writing out the plan in them, carving it on the lining of their hearts. I'll be their God. They'll be my people. They won't go to school to learn about me. They'll all get to know me first hand. I'm going to say that line again because it's so good. (laughs) They'll all get to know me firsthand. The little and the big, the small and the great. They'll get to know me by being kindly forgiven with the slate of their sins forever wiped clean. And then the writer of Hebrews says, by coming up with a new plan, a new covenant, God put the old one on the shelf. So we're living in this new covenant age. We can connect directly with God. So our hearts become the incense that's burning in worship to the holy God. And so I think a big part of inner healing is living a life of worship. To me, what that is starting to mean is that 
I am throughout my days trying to be yielded to the Holy Spirit, aware of the presence of God, and in awe, in humble, in a humble state of mind where I'm being led by Christ. I'm his servant now. I've chosen to apprentice behind him and follow him as my teacher. And so throughout my days, what inner healing looks like for me is that I'm in alignment with God's will. I'm worshiping. I'm burning. I'm giving the sacrifice of my time and attention and desires to this greater purpose, to this eternal covenant. And what we do when we do that is we join in with the rituals of worship that are happening in heaven continually. The the acts of praise, the worship services, the glorious adoration and song and celebration that's happening in the heavenly realms, we touch point with it. We connect with it. And we begin to live lives of worship here on the earth. And that's just tapping into our forever state, our trajectory, where we're headed. We are eternal worshipers. We are created to be in connection with our God through that state of humble adoration. And the temple is now us. The rituals of worship are going on in our hearts, ideally continually. So here's what I wrote as my prayer, and I'll end with this today. I said, God, may it be so. May I be a temple with you as my high priest, forever conducting worship within my heart. May my habits and rituals and holy days line up with what's going on in heaven. May my heart sing, worthy is the Lamb, and holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. May I ever be tuned into your presence a temple that's always lit up and burning with the incense of your love, always sacrificing my selfishness to your greater purpose, always yielding and honoring and aware. May I be a living sacrifice, a temple for your presence. May I be all consumed. There's no life for me anymore outside of this holy, eternal offering ritual, a life of praise, and then a forever pouring out of grateful worship. So I hope that encouraged you guys today. God bless you. I'll see you next time.